Good morning, Illini. I'm Matt Schrock, your host, and welcome back to another Healthy Illini podcast. Uh, Today, I'm joined by four guests, and this episode will be so full, uh, we're going to need two installments, actually. So I want to give them plenty of time to share their thoughts, and so we're going to get started right now. Today, all four of my guests are affiliated with Beckwith Residential Support Services, an ancillary program of the Division of Disability Resources and Educational Services, or DRES, if you've ever heard that on campus. Uh, I have with me Paige Lewis. Uh, she's the Associate Director at Beckwith. Uh, Katie Hoyer, a Visiting Disability Advisor. Michael Van Wagner and Maddie Thomas, and they're both interns. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, real quick to, to start, um, Paige, could you just give me a real quick uh, blurb for anybody who might, might be listening and doesn't know, what is Beckwith Residential Support Services? Sure, great, thank you. Beckwith, we're here to provide services for students with significant physical disabilities so that they can uh, live and be a college student like everybody else. It, it, there's a lot of uh, support offices on campus that students may not be aware of. Um, because a lot of times when we think college, we think academics. It's just what it is. But there's a whole area under student affairs um, that help out. McKinley is one, uh, Beckwith is one, Dres is, is a part of that as well. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of offices. And so I really wanted to give an opportunity to highlight some things, um, there's some experiences that you have all had uh, and your, your experiences with Beckwith as well as on campus in general. So starting off, we're talking about finding your voice. That's really what our focus is here. And coming to college is a huge transition for so many students. Uh, for a lot, it's, it's a first time you're on your own and you don't have someone else making the majority of your decisions. Um, they're not telling you what to do. You have opportunities to express yourself and to make decisions for yourself. It's a time to discover who you are and that's what finding your voice is about, but it's not an easy process. So uh, in all of your experiences, why is this time, college students, why is that time such a vital time period uh, for, for young adults in that regard? I think it's vital just because college is um, the time where students are learning not only who, how to find your voice, but you're having so many opportunities and there's so many resources at your fingertips to actually figure out who you are. And that's an essential piece of finding your voice to figure out first who a student is or who a person is. Um, you have to know who you are, and so you have to have a lot of resources available to tap into that can help you discover um, parts of yourself that you didn't didn't know about. And also, you're um, for many students, they're away from home, um, so they don't have those same familial influences, perhaps, um, that they had while at home. So they really get to to do a lot on their own. You can. You, you, one of the things that makes it tough coming to college is that you go from a fairly structured environment to a less structured environment and you're talking about resources there's so many it can be overwhelming mm -hmm. um what what are as you transition what is what is the some of the challenges in trying to, to find your voice well for me it was really trying to figure out who i am first before i even learned what it means to to say something um, I really didn't understand what legs I had to stand on when it came to uh, contributing to um, like in like an academic sense or even um, personally I really didn't understand who I was and so it was difficult to understand what I wanted to say if that makes any sense I know that was a little bit long-winded but um, it's the first time where you're really exposed to all of the world, I guess. It's the first time you've really been able to 
separate yourself from the familial context that you've grown up in. Um, and you really have to make decisions for yourself. And with that comes a lot of responsibility and a lot of self-reflection that sometimes not a lot of students are ready for. So for me, one of the biggest challenges was simply, who am I? Why am I making the decisions that I'm making? Why am I the person that I'm trying to be? Why am I trying to become a better person? Thankfully, I had a lot of support around me and, and uh, friends that came with me from high school, so it wasn't like I was completely starting over. Uh, a lot of students who um, translocate from across the, the seas or, or come from places where not a lot of um, other students uh, from around them uh, come here as well. So it's just, um, it was really nice to have that support system around me. You, you talked about the the familial um, constructs basically that, that feed into who you are and, 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 and fed into your environment prior to coming. Um, but uh, there's also uh, I, parts of your identity that, as students that are created through your experiences in high school too. Like for a lot of students, I'm the athlete or I'm the student government person, or I'm music, or I'm whatever. And going to college is another opportunity to e explore areas outside of those particular identifiers. Or if it's an identifier that you didn't enjoy, that you, that you found yourself kind of being pushed into, or under certain experiences um, labeled as, you can shed that and become somebody else. But that can also be a daunting uh, thing for, for a lot of students. And, um, Maddie, I like one thing you put in yours that mm -hmm. you talked about, uh, that it's not, a, it's not an easy process. It's not a quick process. No, um, it takes time. It takes time. <laughs> Do you want to expand upon that just a little bit? Um, it just, you have to do a lot of self-reflection, like Mike said. Um, and you really have to think about what you want your future to look like and the person that you want to become. I guess, and um, yeah, you just can't rush into it, I feel like. The, the person you want to become part is, is what was a struggle for me. I found that uh, my idealized version of my future self changed so quickly from like month one of college to the end of year one of college to where I am now. Um, I thought I wanted to do something in the realm of political science. Like I entered school as like a, um, a student government kid. I did really well in humanities and I kind of woke up one day in, during the start of the pandemic and I had to look at myself and be like, is there a way that I can monetize political science that didn't make me want to hate myself in the future? <laughs> um, and I found that the answer was no. I, I didn't trust the... Uh, the future version of myself that would have to put myself in, in the political system that we are and be able to make like a, 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 a stable future for myself. And so I, I turned to nursing. I, I turned to something that I knew that every single day when I woke up in the morning, um, I could tell myself that I'm doing good for people. I'm, I'm going to be able to see the impact that I'm making on the world interpersonally right in front of me. Mike, what was that like when you had that realization that you had to, that you wanted, that you wanted to change majors or change life paths? Was it scary? Was it vulnerable? Exciting? Oh, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I kind of made it seem like it was like a one day decision. It took me like 
four months of just not knowing anything about myself to realize that, okay, this is something that I can work towards. This is something that I feel I would be able to comfortably move in the direction of. Uh, it definitely was less like a come to Jesus moment, so to speak, and more so like turning the Titanic around. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you had mentioned, you know, that one thing when students are transitioning from high school or community colleges that, um, you know, just having that difference of how they were seen um, or kind of what circle they, they roamed in and how that was different. What we talk about, you know, in with a lot of times, the students are are finding their voice and being given a voice for the first time. And so being the popular one that everybody's like sitting around and really listening, it has it often can be challenging in terms because they're not used to it of what does this mean? That's always that's been interesting and um, to help them work through. And it's almost that we see kind of like an identity crisis type thing um, because students are so used, like we all, I mean, I think just as humans um, in my life of social work, right, we're all just used to um, filling in the um, the idea of wanting to be, um, like filling roles, I suppose, right? And so in high school, we, we fill the role of the athlete or of the, the academic or of, you know, whatever the case may be, the theater kid, whatever, the student government kid, Mike over there, um, you know, whatever that looks like. And so then you come to college and you're faced with, I don't just have to, and in high school I suppose it didn't have in that way either, but maybe you are more likely to pigeonhole yourself. Where in college it's more so, wow, I have so many different avenues that I can explore and also so many different connections that I'm building with those around me, whether it be my roommates, my dorm mates, my classmates, and back with my personal assistants, um, you know, that you're finally being able to say things of, there are pieces of my identity that I'm also seeing in others. And I think that connection piece is such a big piece to being able to figure out who you are and what area, when you feel comfortable using your voice, um, and when you, when you, wanting to take that step back to learn um, about how to use it effectively. So many of us, I identify as being introverted. Um, and so for me to speak up in class or with anything else, it's like, what do I have to say that anybody's going to want to listen to? Now, granted, once you get to know me, look out. But, <laughs> um, but that's also that journey to, to, that we have to try and figure out and realize the more we talk and people start to listen and are engaged, um, that we feel more comfortable with doing that. And, and you know, that's one of the great things. It's a double-edged sword in, in coming to a college experience where you're coming out of, a, of a, what you've known is something new and you have opportunity where you may have come from a place where your voice, whatever that may, may be, was the only one of that, that type that you weren't... Um, it wasn't a common opinion or viewpoint or experience. And so it was difficult to talk about because there was no one else to relate to it. But then you come here and there are people to relate to it, which is wonderful, but it's also scary because what you've known all along is now suddenly different. And it, that's not easy either. Um, and, and so uh, it, it's, I say that to, to say, and we talk about it all the time on this podcast, if you've listened to any other episodes, you've heard this, that everyone is on an individual journey. 
that there are commonalities across the board, that are common ideas, uh, common experiences to a degree, but the uniqueness of that experience is individualistic. And, um, and that's really what finding your voice is about, because I, I, could, I, I guarantee that the four of you have had common experiences here at some point that you all relate and say, yep, same thing for me, but you all have individual voices and, and your experiences are individual to you. Um, so that's really the important part of finding your voice, that while you can align with other people, you can have common um, experience with those people, you can support one another, your voice is still important. Even though there's a group of people that are just like me, my voice still matters. Um, and that's really what this is about. And for, for anyone listening, it is really about trying to find your voice um, within the context of everybody else. So with that, I want to transition just a little bit um, and really want to give uh, Michael and Maddie a chance here to talk, um, uh, especially in that part of the reason I want to give space for this uh, today was to allow students to con contact us and engage with us, but also allow you to have space to share your personal journey. Um, whatever finding your voice was, and Michael, you started to talk on it a little bit. Um, but as much as you're, as much as or as little as you're comfortable sharing, um, would you tell us a little bit about what it was like in your experience coming to UIUC and finding your voice, and just um, some of, of of that journey for yourself? Um, for me, I felt like um, I had already come here with a pretty strong voice. I've always had. Um, a very supportive family and friends who have always encouraged me to advocate myself for what I need and to speak up if I felt um, that my needs weren't being met. And um, so I felt like coming here, I just really had to do research to find the resources that I need. And then I went out and um, sought those services or spoke up for what I needed and that helped me to adjust a lot. I kind of touched on a little bit of my own like personal development journey earlier but um, I went through so many of the classic like college stereotypes it's not even funny. Um, you kind of alluded to this earlier Katie but I actually was a theater kid in high school um, and then I became the student government kid my first year here um, I was an intern for the student government complex and I ended up being, um, I don't know, this title holds no meaning anymore, but I was the youngest director of the Illinois Student Senate ever um, because the person who had held the position before me ended up quitting in the middle of it and I was the only one that had the relevant skills needed to step up and do it. Um, so I did that for a time. Um, and then after my freshman year, I decided to do something different. Um, and so I jumped straight into the frat boy stereotype. Um, so as a sophomore, I did the whole rushing thing. I went to the, the parties. It was fun, but that was one of those moments where I realized who I didn't want to be, um, which I think is just as important, um, especially for students here, to realize that you don't have to keep doing the things that you're doing if you don't like yourself while you're doing them. Um, sometimes it can be difficult to admit to yourself that it, this is not who I want to be. This is not the person that I want to become. Um, and it took, honestly, the pandemic, the, the moment where everything was like ripped away and I was removed from campus to be able to look at myself clearly and be like, mm, this is not this is not sustainable. This is not the person I want to become. And, and so now um, I'm kind of transitioning back into this more holistic version of myself where I was able to keep some of the more social elements of that 
Um, I was able to reconnect with more of the, the art passions that I had in high school um, and kind of just come into my own as, as, as a person. That's, <laughs> there's more wisdom there than you know. And I'm sitting here on the other side saying that I know people that are long since college who are still learning those lessons. <laughs> um, and, and so that, that's a, a wonderful thing because I really liked what you said that, you know, you learned who you didn't want to be. Um, one thing that I say to anybody I'm talking to is we're talking about life, life lessons, whether here or just in my regular life, is that every person you meet, you learn something from. Either I want to be like them and I want to know how they do it, or I don't want to be like them and I don't want to be like I don't I don't want to do what they're doing. But every every person you meet is an opportunity to learn, and that's a, a huge thing um, that you you had an experience and and you decide this isn't what I want, and it touches on something that you all talked about that it's never too late to start. Um, that you know you're not too deep into something that you can't take a breath and start over. Um, so while we're still talking about personal experiences, I do want to have, uh, I do want to ask Paige, uh, ask you something, because you talked about it a lot in your prep, which I thought was really good. You were talking about how really, if we're honest, college students who come in don't always have the tools to navigate this finding your voice. Um, the idea that uh, they underestimate the, the intellectual and social maturity required to transition to these things. And we kind of just throw them in the deep end and say, here you go. Um, when a lot of us aren't equipped for that. I mean, I'm 43 years old and I don't feel equipped for that most days. <laughs> um, and so as far as what they've talked about their personal journey and the things you've seen in working with students, um, uh, what, what are your thoughts on that as far as, you know, what it takes for a student to come in and find their own voice if they don't have those tools? It's the experiences, you know, and so being afforded the opportunities before coming to college to you know, we talk about um, successful failures. So, um, you know, young, it, it starts as, you know, potty training, really, but learning how to walk, learning how to ride your bike. You know, you fall off, you brush your knees off, you might cry a little bit, and then you get back on again, right? Um, a lot of times, students with or without a disability aren't given that same luxury. 9-11, um, COVID, like, uh, com, you know, combine, all these things now have significantly impacted how much liberty students have before college um, because their parents are fearful. You know, I'm 55, so I grew up in a time where I could run around the neighborhood, and just as long as I was home before the sun was down, my parents didn't know where I was. I didn't have a cell phone. You know, there was that trust. The world has changed significantly, and there's not the same opportunities for parents to develop that trust and for then the students to also develop that they can be, that they have the ability to do these things. So without that opportunity, they don't have a good sense of self. They don't have that confidence um, of that living and learning. And so when they don't have that guidance, you know, um, by their parents or, or others, they're going to a place that their friends aren't there, then they feel all alone and isolated and don't know who to ask. And so there's so many students who are silently struggling. Um, academic student affairs, I mean, we all know and we can see the students who are struggling, but yet, and try and offer the resources, but yet they just don't feel comfortable to take them. We talked about, we talk about imposter syndrome a lot. Here and you kind of referenced it. I mean, we, we all talk about it, but I mean, that term, but the idea that they don't know to ask for help and they see other students who seem to be doing great. And I'm the only one who's struggling. 
which you know is not what I call the Instagram mentality that we see the best image of everybody. Mm -hmm. We don't see the 18 pictures they took before the one they posted, um, you know, that kind of thing. And so you see that imposter syndrome and it is tough to reach out. Um, Michael, I want to come back to you for, for a second. You talked about how you changed a couple times. Was that difficult? Because you, you'd made friends in these other realms. Um, was that difficult to say, you know, this is not who I am anymore? Was it a difficult decision? Because it might mean changing dynamics in friendships. Well, for me, the there is a there was like a two tiered kind of mentality. Like there is the the people that I kind of allowed myself to be closer to my true self with, and those are the people that I'm still friends with now. That kind of had the the more real uh, experiences with the more the more real interconnectivity. Um, and then the other group of people were just kind of like the, the byproduct of being in those social situations with all the time. It's the person you say hey to because you see them in the house or you see them um, on the floor of, of the student government room. Um, but it was never a struggle for me to kind of, uh, I suppose, transition interpersonally and, and like change my outward positive face towards these people because I think the the individuals who I truly think of myself as friends with they were kind of already there they kind of already saw that that true person underneath the the masking facade of the social uh, uh, situation that I found myself in if that made any sense it, it does it does a lot we're gonna pause here uh, we are doing a two-part episode on this, um, but I do want to say thank you uh, to you all for joining us um, here. And uh, if you're listening, um, we'll be uh, we'll be coming back with part two. Uh, be sure to tune in for that part two uh, and hear more about what we're going to share here. There are some resources in the bio in the bio of this episode if you want to follow up. If you have questions, by all means, contact us at Healthy Illini. Contact us at McKinley at uh, at uh, Beckwith. Um, let us know what you're thinking and uh, be sure to turn in the tune in the next time to hear the conclusion of this. Thank you for joining us today. You're on a personal journey, no matter where you are in it. You are important and you matter. Your health and wellness are important and matter, and we are here to keep you well to excel. So go have a great week, Illini. Let us know how you're doing, and we'll catch you next time on Healthy Illini.